0: Osiris.
1: It was time for a change. Time to try something new. But for rock and roll lifers like Lit, defined in the public eye by a mammoth hit such as My Own Worst Enemy, what do you do after the world decides it doesn't want rock stars anymore? Roundhill Music presents My Own Worst Enemy. The big changes began with a mid-decade shift that Jeremy started feeling in the air and ultimately in himself.
2: There was an interesting time period around 2003, 2004 when rock radio, and especially modern rock radio, K-Rock and all that stuff, rock bands stopped having guitars in them. And it became this whole other, like, weird alt-cology kind of weird thing. And it was so uninspiring and so just, like, sad to me and I was the first one to start coming to Nashville you know in like 05 just seeking something else that was had a guitar in their hand and that was like talking about some real shit and not just like this weird goofy ethereal stuff with keyboards and whatever A big part of the picture was the fact that Lit's longtime
1: manager Ruta Sapetetti was living in Nashville by that time. And she helped clear a path first for Jeremy and eventually for the rest of the guys
3: When they were living in LA and I called Jeremy and I said, "Look, because they're writers writing for other people, like producing, you know, I said, "I want you to come out here. just just come out here. let me let me you know buy you a ticket, just come out." And he came out and I said, I'll set you up with the, with the right." And he said, with the country guy, I said, yeah, I said, but it's going to be someone that, you know, and so I set him up with a co-write with Jeffrey Steele, who, you know, maybe in Los Angeles isn't, you know, as well-known, but here, like Jeffrey Steele is royalty. I just bought him a ticket. He came out and he wrote with Jeffrey Steele and stayed, you know, near Nashville. And I was so happy to have him, you know, here, even though it was short-lived. And then he just, kept coming back and kept coming back. And he met Jamie Johnson and then AJ started coming and then Kevin bought a property here. And so, and now Desmond's here, you know, I mean, we're all like together again. It's so great.
1: By that time country music was soaking up the influence of a lot of the eighties rock that lit grew up on. So it seemed like a natural fit as Jeremy gradually embedded himself in the Nashville songwriting scene. Over time, Jeremy wound up working as either a writer or producer with country stars like Cole Swindell, Colt Ford, John Michael Montgomery, Heidi Newfield, and more. But there were changes of a very different kind to get through first. In 2009, the close-knit band that had weathered all kinds of ups and downs together was shaken to its core by personal tragedy. Drummer Alan Schellenberger, who'd been an essential element in lit from the very beginning, lost his life to cancer on August 13th at the age of 39.
3: They were with Alan when he took his last breath, uh, and they wouldn't have had it any other way. And it's not like things were put on hold or, or this. No, this is just the hand that, you know, life has dealt and they are going to, you know, love their brother through it. Kevin moved Alan in with him. Alan had been living in Arizona, and he he moved him in with him, literally, and was nursed him and took care of him, and uh, and the guys drove him to appointments, and it was that's how they they come together. It's not something that they have to do; it's just something they do. It's instinct. It's it's their unit, and there's something really beautiful about that.
1: When Alan was ailing, friend and fellow drummer Adrian Young, of no doubt,
4: was one of those who stepped up. When we went to tour in support of our album, Return of Saturn in 2000, they came out with us and instantaneously we all like super bonded and, you know, laughed about some people we knew in Orange County. And we had a lot of fun on that tour. Um, All four of those guys were a really, really good time. But I I especially grew close to um, Alan, the drummer. Who has since passed, unfortunately, and so he and I um, remained close throughout the years that he had left, and um, we played a lot of golf together. And he he had um, he had brain cancer, and so what was happening to him was that it was becoming more difficult for, for him to play live. And so the band and Alan asked me if I would come with them to just kind of stand by if he was having trouble at that time. And I filled in a couple of dates for him, you know, because there's some nights where he was, he was fine and he can do it. And there were some nights where it was harder for him. And, you know, to be, to be frank, it was really hard to, to watch, you know, it was one of those weird situations where as a drummer, I was hoping not to play. And usually it's the opposite. You know, drummers, they, they, they don't do good at sitting idly by, But um, it was cathartic, and was it was good to be there with my friend. But it was also very difficult at the same time.
1: No one could have summed up all the band had been through better than lit themselves, as they did with California Sun from These Are the Days.
5: Best friends in a beat-up van, trying to be more than a local band. A lot of miles, a lot of songs, and everyone we had to prove wrong. Many sure felt good that number one, not bad for a California sun. Lost
1: At the same time that the band lost Schellenberger, it had already been five years since their last self-titled album. Now they had to find a way forward with an altered chemistry. They called on their drum tech, Nathan Walker, to take over the drum seat, added multi-instrumentalist Ryan Gilmore to the lineup, and cut 2012's The View from the Bottom with Butch Walker Producing. The stylistic shift of Lit's next album might not seem so drastic, even though it undoubtedly surprised people who only knew My Own Worst Enemy. Recorded in Nashville and produced by Corey Crowder, These Are the Days was released in 2017. Featuring songs co-written by Music City hitmakers like Jonathan Singleton and Jeffrey Steele, the album added a distinct Americana flavor to the band's blend of rock and pop, opening up a whole new avenue for lit. What
5: if we drink too much? What if we do things that we regret? What if we get locked up, caught up, in a we won't forget? If that's the worst thing that can happen with you, it doesn't sound that bad. It'd be a real good
1: problem, Matt Messer.
0: They went on their journey and they, you know, are artists and they're songwriters. They were feeding themselves what they needed and doing what moved and inspired them.
1: Ironically, it seems like a detour into new territory also helped put them back in touch with their early inspirations. Coming off the countrified feel of These Are The Days, Lit began edging back towards the brash, rocking feel of the old days. But with two decades of experience to bring to the table.
2: Creatively, we did have to veer off the highway a little bit to find that spark again, that passion again to write stuff that we were thinking about 20 years ago. It's sort of full circle in a way, because it's kind of like what we first started talking about, like this new record. We had to leave the house to realize that we wanted to come home.
1: By this time, the band was based in Nashville and signed a publishing deal with another Nashville entity, Roundhill Music. The company bought Lit's catalog basically to pursue licensing opportunities for My Own Worst Enemy, an evergreen tune in more ways than one. Josh Groose is the CEO and founder of Roundhill Music.
6: You know that song is not going to stop performing on those SiriusXM channels. You know that that song is not going to leave... Spotify's hard rock songs of the 90s playlists or, or what have you. Like that song is embedded in our culture, I think permanently. It's kind of a song that 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 lurks in your life, but you might not know who sang it. You might not realize it's lit. I'm always paying attention to music that's around me. And I'll hear a song like my own worst enemy in a bar or in the elevator of a hotel, whatever it is, like those are important things because like people don't pay attention that. A song is playing in the background, but it's, it's cementing itself in people's brains unconsciously. And those are, those are just extra indications that a song is, is really embedded. The reason why I really was aware of that song was there's a nineties cover band in the New York area called Bayside Tigers. Every summer, for at least the last 10 years, they've played a venue in Long Island called Stephen's Talk House. So over the years, i had been going to see Bayside Tigers, and this is probably 10 years ago or so when I saw them first. When they played my own worst enemy, just that opening riff, it gets people fired up. There's such an energy about it that this entire small venue would start bouncing up and down and that song would just kind of blow the roof off. And, you know, I remember saying to myself, I've got to look up who sang that song with that riff. I've heard that song my whole life, but I just, I now need to put it in my playlist and know exactly who performed it. That's how I really became aware of that song. And always had in the back of my mind would be a great one to own because it just, it's recognizable, but it's also one that people get extra fired up about. The fact
1: that the Roundhill deal eventually led to a new lit record seems to be perfectly in keeping with the cyclical nature of their story.
6: One of the neat aspects about Roundhill is that we have a record label and we bought their, their publishing. So we own the copyright to my own worst enemy, but we are also the record label for their new record and being able to do business in in a more of a 360 degree way with artists like that is unique. Like not, not every group like Roundhill that buys catalogs can also be a record label and, and properly market and promote a new record. Plus we have the studio which is amazing it's it used to be called quad studios it's where amazing albums like neil young's harvest was recorded i mean it's it's an iconic legendary studio that we put a lot of money into fixing up after a break new music from lit
1: in due time lit entered that legendary studio to lay down their new material
5: We're pushing it to the red, taking it over the edge. You're going off in my head, my head,
0: my head,
6: yeah. Just it started,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: AJ Popoff.
5: We didn't think it was going to happen as organically as it did and as quickly as it did, but we just started, we got super excited about rock and roll, about that direction again, you know, and messing with like new modern production stuff. That was exciting to us. I think fans are going to hear classic lit and also things that we're discovering. I'm a pop guy. I love everything that's on pop radio right now. I'm a sucker for it, but I'm also a classic. I mean, dude, I, when I, when I wake up, I put on classic rock or, you know, I love everything. So I just want these kids to be exposed to and have the option that hear some guitar rock. You know, it's just been missing. We've, we've, we've been like so one dimensional. It's just like so great to see that kids are embracing the nostalgia of the nineties right now.
2: I'm, Equally as excited about dudes in their 30s and 40s that will get to hear rock and guitars and that have gone away and gone to country and gone to classic rock and gone back to their old CDs to hear something new and go, fuck yeah, god damn it, it's about time. Like That excites me because I want dudes our age to fucking be stoked too, you know? You know, there'll be kids that'll hear it, and awesome. You know, we definitely want the next generation to to be on board, but, like, I feel like just our own damn generation is starving for it and has been for a long time, you know? I feel like none of the new songs sound like anything that's out there right now, which is good, because when Enemy came out, it didn't sound like anything that was on the radio then.
1: Yeah, true. Kevin Baldus.
8: My worst Enemy didn't fit really anywhere. It was its own animal. And I feel like with the new music that we have, it's its own animal. There's nothing out there that really sounds like it. And hopefully, if given the chance, we can maybe recapture some of that magic. It would be awesome.
1: When playing the new songs in concert, the band has been finding that the old spark is exactly what they've been getting back from audiences
2: the reaction to the new songs that we've been playing is very much like the reaction to enemy was 20 years ago. I agree. You know,
5: it's more like the, the eye contact. You could see people could looking at each heads. other
2: going like, wait, what the fuck? Like what? The you know. perspective
5: from stage. Definitely. Like you notice when people are noticing, like that's the main thing. Cause there's always like throughout a show where people are rocking out and digging it, but they're also like, yeah, you know, like, oh
2: yeah, right. Cool. Looking at their phone but When, doing when whatever, everyone you know. stops
5: kind of and like focuses on the stage, it's a good feeling and it, that exchange of energy is killer. But yeah, what he's saying is I, I've been noticing that recently, and it's like, oh, wow. The
2: fucking reaction to the new stuff is legit. Like, it's real legit. I haven't felt this in a lot of years. new one
5: right there, young know?
1: Completing the full circle feeling is the fact that Matt Messer, who signed the band to their first publishing deal so many years ago, is now also working with Roundhill and had a hand in the new project.
0: We're, you know, reunited after after all these years to be able to work with them again and, and make another record with them has been awesome. It's really, really been great. When we started working on this new album together, that was the goal, was to get back to a place in the sun, atomic era, to not rewrite that era, but just to revisit it and to use that as a template for going forward. And I think what you have is taking those elements that made those records great and sonically and lyrically and putting who they are today in there with it. And I think you have a slightly more mature version of
9: of that era of lit.
1: Taylor Carroll has been Lit's drummer since 2019.
9: You know, as I hear the band evolving, and I'm a, I'm a part of this thing, I, I feel like it's it's headed to a place where we don't, you know, put such a title on everything anymore, but still everybody's recognizable in their own sense. Like, we do a little bit of everything more than ever. Like, I think Lit does a little bit more alternative and rock and, you know, a little bit of pop and kind of mixes genres more than ever now which I actually dig a lot. It's not a, it's not a one-trick pony, and that's what I love about Lit. They're, they're willing to try things. And when we recorded at this studio a few months ago, they let me go ape shit, you know, on drums, on all the songs, which was rad. I, I just played what I felt for the songs, and luckily they dug it.
1: Ruta Cipedes is no longer managing the band and has become an internationally celebrated best-selling author. But she still lives in Nashville, remains close with Lit, and has been keeping a close ear on their new work.
3: I hear everything. I hear all of the, as we always do, all of the beauty and sadness and like everything coming through these songs, all the decades, all their influences, all their, you know, I'm so excited about this new record. And how many artists can actually say that 20 years later? They're even better than their first multi-platinum hit. And not only get better, but look better. (laughs) I mean, this is rock and roll, you know? That bounce, that brightness, it's just quintessential lit.
0: These songs will be relatable to their fans from back in the day, and hopefully for new audiences as well. But I think that anybody that, that loved them Back then, and is looking to come see them live and sort of revisit that period of their lives. I think these songs fit in perfectly.
1: Likewise, it's been a long time since Bruce Floor signed the band to RCA, but decades later, he remains firmly on their side.
7: I'm very bullish on a band like Lit in terms of a resurgence, even though they've never gone away, because as more and more of the older demo adapt to streaming they're going to what they know right and when people go i remember this song i remember this band this band's playing next thursday night let's go right and they pack up they now have money for tickets and they go and maybe they take the two kids too and say hey johnny this is what a real rock band is it's a perfect time for lit and and it's a great thing for music sam hollander
0: it's obviously going to be a very cool record. These are talented guys. You don't just step in shit. This was good stuff. I believe everybody can write one great song, but once you get to multiple sort of successes and songs that register,
6: you, you should not be slept on. People have claimed that rock has been dead, you know, for a long time. Well, well rock's never been dead. You know, Metallica still sells out stadiums around the world. But in terms of being on the the charts and everything like that, it's been a while since rock music has. But it'd be nice if guitar-driven music came back into Vogue, basically. and, And you never know. You never know.
1: The new lit tracks like Yeah, Yeah, Yeah and Mouth Shut may give listeners the same spark they got from My Own Worst Enemy. But for the band, it's all part of the path they've been on since the 90s. It's four kids from Orange County on a journey through peaks and valleys, and even though only three of them remain, the bond that held them together has only become stronger with time. The glue happened early on.
5: Whatever that was, whatever that ingredient was, that chemical that became the glue that connected us, we've been through some shit that would have broken up most bands.
2: I would describe it as a band that has been through life death, tragedy, divorce, marriage, kids, all the ups and downs that anybody in this world experiences and goes through. We've been through it all. And and maybe you could even say that it was magnified because when you're in our position, the lows tend to be lower and the highs tend to be higher, you know? And I would say that hopefully for people, it will be some sort of a... Um, like a beacon of fucking g- keep going and, like, look at these motherfuckers. Like, after all this shit and they still believe it and live it and eat it, drink it, you know. It's borderline fucking Def Leppard and Spinal Tap with us. I mean, we've we've lost some people and we've been through some shit, you know, some real shit. And then we just kind of get up, you know, and strap on and get up there and just go for it and just... Like, like it's our last show. Ever. Every show we play, it's like, this might be the last one. We get asked often, what what are you so
8: proud about with Lit? And I think our brotherhood, I, I think the fact that we're still here, don't get me wrong, there are times they want to kill me and I want to kill them. We literally are like brothers, but I love them too, like brothers too. And, we, and we've we kept it going this long. So there's somehow there's a magical chemistry happening that I think is
9: really cool. They're like a family, you know, it's, it's like a family that you jump in. It's I've never worked with a band like this, you know. They, it, it goes outside of the music. Everywhere you are, if we're in the same town, we have to jump in there together as a family. Like, hey man, where you at? I heard you were in town. Come meet up with us. And it's like one of those things, like, we always like make an attempt to meet up with each other. And that's what I love about being in this band.
3: Team guys, not only in the sense that the band is a brotherhood, Right. I mean, we've got two biological brothers, two brothers from other mothers. Um, But this family element and team and also the willingness and desire to collaborate, they all have their own unique creative strengths. And when you put them together, they're so complementary. It's not that there's just one engine. I think what makes them tick is they know that their best and strongest, you know, most amazing voice is this collaborative voice.
1: Former K-Rock DJ and longtime friend, Ted Stryker.
6: These guys have gone through a lot. They have gone through a lot in their personal lives and their professional lives that for some, you know, could have been the end of the road in all sorts of ways, Um, but they have powered through it. I don't know if it's through therapy or them just, I don't know, it's
7: how they tick.
3: When you listen to Lit's song, The Broken, you know, when they say like, you know, you can't break the broken, they absolutely epitomize that that is lit. They have been dealt more punches and more bad hands and so many things that just seem downright unfair and and tragic, tragedy, and yet they keep going. It's amazing.
1: By now, we know some of the reasons My Own Worst Enemy became a hit and why it stuck around for so long. And we've got a pretty good idea of what it's done for LIT. But let's not get it backwards. In the end, maybe the most important thing to remember is that LIT isn't about my own worst enemy. It's the other way around. The ability to stand in the midst of the wreckage of whatever went wrong yesterday, look around, laugh it off, and keep on rocking? That's my own worst enemy.
7: And that's LIT from top to bottom. They've survived tragedy. They had a thousand things that could have, they could have just said, fuck this. The key, in my opinion, to Lit's longevity is not my own worst enemy. It's the other stuff they did. It's the follow-ups, the depth. It's miserable. It's Ziploc. It's whatever they did to create this thing that Lit is, that's what kept the longevity. My own worst enemy is the moon flag, Right? But everything else is the reason why the flag's still on the
3: moon. They were lifers when they were teenagers. There, There is no plan B. Lit, they take netless leaps. This is live without a net.
8: We still love going on stage and performing. Dude, there's days I can't get out of bed because my body hurts so bad. But you put a base around my neck and walk me on stage and, and it's like I'm 24 again. I don't know how or why it happens, but I pay the price the next day. (laughs) It's what I'd be pro friends for.
1: (laughs) My Own Worst Enemy was produced for Roundhill Music by Osiris Media. For Roundhill, Joe Kalitri is president of Roundhill Records. Lucy Bartosi is the senior director of marketing. And Imani Giverts is the digital content manager. For Lit, the executive producer is Dave Rose, president of Deep South Entertainment. The members of Lit are A.J. Popoff, Jeremy Popoff, Kevin Baldus, Taylor Carroll, and Alan Schellenberger in memoriam. For Osiris Media, the executive producers are Brad Stratton and Kirsten Cluthy. All interviews were conducted by Brad Stratton, and the script was written by Jim Allen. My Own Worst Enemy was edited, mixed, and narrated by Brad Stratton. To learn more about Lit and receive news and updates about their upcoming album and live appearances, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram at LitBandOfficial or on their website, LitBand.com.
5: In retrospect, we could have turned it up a notch or two.
1: Osiris.